before he walks away playing his harmonica, <laughs> bro. I'm picturing you like in real life. If like if this guy were real, and I'm just no, I know you'd be like, oh my god, he's playing his harmonica. Don't at me like that. <laughs> And we're back again. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. In my parents' house, in my childhood bedroom, Mm -hmm. in the closet. It's a new year. Wow. It's a new month. Insane. Yeah, I'm very excited to be back in the swing of things, back with our first movie of the year. Yeah, we got to take a little break. We had like a little Christmas, New Year's break from Mm -hmm. recording because we had we had some pre-recorded episodes. Yeah. Um, we're planners. We're, you know, ahead of schedule, so. <laughs> Whatever. I did feel, like, insane when um, we asked two guests to come on the pod, and they were, like, we had to schedule it, like, three months out because we had already planned yeah. <laughs> the episodes for, like, the next three months. And I feel like they yeah. were, like, what is you? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? They were, like, yeah. well, are we going to touch base again? you know in closer <laughs> closer to that date yeah i think we're starting well i mean we already started the year with a banger but we're continuing with another banger oh this is a great movie yeah we had to do another anne hathaway classic what i would say actually is the anne hathaway the, classic yeah mo tell the good people oh i would love to tell the good people what we have in store the 2001 classic the princess diaries the crowd cheers. <laughs> this movie is like incredible. Yeah. I love it so much. I've seen it like so many times. It is Bro. Chef's Kiss. Chef's freaking kiss. It hits. Yeah. Is that I know that mm-hmm. there's two. Is there a third one? No, there's just two. Okay. And I think that's good. Like I, I feel mm-hmm. no qualms. I'm like, do yeah. it twice really well and let it go. Like, why do you need another one? Yeah. But I agree. Like, watching this movie again, I really paid attention to the details, and I mm-hmm. understood how complex the storyline is. Yes. The stakes were so much higher this time yeah. because I feel like I just understand it better now that I'm an adult. Definitely. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, like, a somewhat harrowing story. Like, you're 15. Your father, who has never been present in your life, passes. Yeah. You find out that you're a princess. She has terrible stage fright she can't even speak without Mm -hmm. barfing in front of people and she like becomes a woman imagine i at at 15 at 15 oh my god me and mo did spend some time like going to find (laughs) pictures of what we looked like at 15 we didn't look bad though we were cute no it wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be but at that time i'm pretty sure i felt like i was like the ugliest person in the world oh same yeah same 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 yeah 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 I often think about how I was probably, like, my most attractive in high school, and I thought I was, like, the ugliest person on the planet. And I'm like, if only you knew that that was as good as it was going to get. No, that's not true. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But Uh, I totally get, like, looking back and being like, oh, why were you so upset with yourself? Like, you looked great. Damn. Don't we know it, ladies? And anyone. Ladies is truly meant to cover any person. (laughs) Yes. Um, um, this is Anne Hathaway's feature film debut. Yes. 
she was like pretty young too she when was 18, they shot this. Yeah. Just a young, fresh faced girl trying to make it in the industry. And then, yeah. you know, her first movie is starring across from Julie Andrews. Oh my God. I often think about how, even if I wanted to be famous when I was like a child, I didn't have like the composure. No. Like Miley Cyrus, I know that she's insane, but like being a pop mm. star, international pop star at like 15, 16, 14 years old, she did a great job for that. Yeah. The the Disney kids, like I can't even imagine going through that being like a Disney kid. Just the insane amount of pressure yeah. from literally everyone. You're working all the time. You don't get to have just like normal downtime. And if you like make one sort of slip up, it's like international news. Yeah. Also just like this stage presence. Like I was way too shy mm-hmm. when I was younger was to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't imagine going into a room with confidence during an audition and just being like, I am like your next Disney star. You know, I'm going to make history. You know, the the thing that I'm famous oh for God. is I went in, I went into the Disney offices and I said, hey, I want to make history. And we did. That's what this is. It's history. If you're not aware, um, that is Debbie a literal manic. interview that, yeah, that Debbie Ryan gave on the red carpet. <laughs> May, I might be out of turn for saying this, but like, there's no way girls not on coke in that interview (laughs) oh my god she's on something she's on one holy crap what an insane tiktok please look it up yes um she has a lot of very odd interviews there's one she's on the red carpet with justin bieber also very weird now i just can't i can't get her like radio rebel face out of my head i've never even seen that movie but it was such like a meme a couple months ago in quarantine that it's like seared into my brain Definitely. But anyways, back to back to a much better movie. Yes. One thing that I found prevalent in my life over the past month or so is just Julie Andrews oh, in same. general. Mm-hmm. Um, Mo and I are in this book club and we just read Julie Andrews' first autobiography. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the day after Christmas, like everybody else in the world, I watched all of Bridgerton in one sitting. Damn. I'm on episode five. Oh. <gasps> extremely saucy episode yeah but yeah julie andrews is the voice of mrs whistledown yes Mm -hmm. yes which i didn't even know going into it oh i bet you know who lady whistledown is i do holy shit i'm so curious (laughs) yeah oh okay don't tell me but right now my guess is it's the woman at the what's the place they call it to get like their dresses altered Oh, I don't know what it's called, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that's my guess right now. I shouldn't say. Damn, I'm so curious. The Modiste. Yes, the Modiste. That's right. Okay. Oh my gosh, yeah, I'm having a great yeah. time. I didn't, so I watched the full episode, episode five. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't ruin, I, I can't give you a spoilers, but it's really good. If you, ha- if you haven't watched it, skip ahead. Don't listen. Yeah, Okay. So I did like it a lot, but their steamy scene together, I don't know. I found it, like, cringe. Maybe it's just because I'm not, like, romantic enough. But I was also, like, this girl's technically supposed to be 15, and it's just, like, not for me. Is she supposed to be 15? That's when their coming outs are. I feel like in the book she's older. Oh, is Because I started reading the book. I was happy they got together, though. Because I was like, you like her. Like, why are you acting weird? Like, you're finally both getting what you want. 
Yeah, just this like huge deep seated trauma from his childhood. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, in the book, she's twenty one. What? Yeah. She is not I knew 21 she was in, in her the 20s. Series. She looks like a fucking five year old. Her face is like porcelain. Well, the, the actress is 25. Oh my God. She looks very young. I assumed like in the show, she was supposed to be like sev- somewhere between like 17 to 20. Oh, interesting. Because I believe like Eloise is like 15. Maybe that's what I thought it was because. She keeps saying, oh, next year, this is going to be you. Like, next year, this is going to be you. So I thought that she was, like, 15 or 16. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, I, do, I did love the the honeymoon scene between uh, the Duke and Daphne. It's very steamy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. I also – I went in, like, knowing nothing. So I had zero expectations. Oh, same. I didn't yeah. know what this what, – like, what it was about at all. I also just really enjoy the casting because I've said – for a very long time that it is <laughs> literal present day segregation to have a show that's a period piece because you are exclusively casting white people right it's like a weird loophole that you yeah. can only cast white people it's like it's psychotic right. so i just appreciate that it's like not yeah i just appreciate yeah. it i'm like no one in I was talking to Phil and he's like, yeah, well, after the first episode, when you just first meet everyone, you don't really mm-hmm. even notice because in real life yeah. today, you mm-hmm. are only around white people. At least most people aren't. So it yeah. like doesn't phase you. It doesn't make any less sense than seeing yeah. people who are clearly not in our present day. But historically, shut the fuck up. Like, Pitch. it's a fic- It's a show. And even if it wasn't fictional, who cares? Yeah. On that note. Bertrand <laughs> Julie Andrews novel. Yes. Work. Is it work or homework? The first one is home. The second one is homework. Okay. Home. Mm-hmm. Julie Andrews. Dame. Yeah. Julie Andrews. I got like really emotional seeing her on screen in this movie. I think just like after having read her book, just because I was like, she's such like a gentle person. Yeah. That has like gone through a lot of shit in her life and carries herself with like more composure and like grace than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah, she does have a lot of grace. I think that Mm -hmm. her personality is just like really graceful, elegant. Mm -hmm. Like I'd love to meet her Mm -hmm. and just have a spot of tea with the (laughs) Have a bit of tea with Julie. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We were doing such bad English accents the other day. Oh my gosh. Because we were watching Bridgerton. I'm just like Hello, bruv. What you got over there? Some crumpets? Just terrible. It's Tuesday, isn't it, though? You've seen the, the TikTok that's like, it's not a choice anymore. It's love. It's a coping mechanism. We're not going to have any British listeners. We're not. They're going to hate us. So sorry. My bad. Let's kick it off. Let's dive right yeah, in. Yeah, let's do it opening of the movie we see these beautiful aerial shots some b-roll of the city of san francisco Mm -hmm. we see the famous hills which look like an absolute bitch to drive on oh yeah we see this um police escort alongside a limo with some genovian flags on them and then we pan over to the house of mia thermopolis 
where she opens the blinds. She's looking out the window. She says hi to her cat, Fat Louie, and then walks down this like spiral staircase from this little like- Amazing architecture. Yeah. She lives in a firehouse um, and she has this like little loft in her bedroom. I'm still jealous to this day of that. One day I will live in a firehouse and I will have that for myself. Also playing in the background is that amazing song, Supergirl. I can't remember who sings it, but I was trying to find it on Spotify the other day and it's not on Spotify, which is a crime against humanity. Tragedy. Here, I can look it up. Um, Supergirl by Crystal Harris. There we go. And then Mia slides down, you know, the fireman's pole to get to the kitchen. Let me just put into perspective for you, like, have you ever seen that lady walking around in Bushwick and she has, like, a baby in a stroller, but maybe, like, the handles of the stroller are, like, fish heads and she, like, painted them by hand? Mm. That woman raised Mia Thermopolis. It's... 100%. (laughs) It's, like, this artist's loft, former firehouse, like, the artist's loft of your dreams, except you're, like, a single mom and you have a daughter. Yes. So her mom is you know, conversing with her in the morning. She's like, are you feeling confident about your speech today? Just remember, don't look at the people, pick a spot on the back wall and speak loudly. Mia goes on her way to school. She stops by um, the garbage cans. She tosses her trash out. She runs her scooter into Mr. Robitussin's trash can. And you could see Mm -hmm. he's just like, a nasty man. Grouchy. Yeah. yeah. Super annoying. For, like former director. Or no, no, no. Deadbeat writer. Yeah. He writes soap operas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes to meet up with her BFF, Lily, to scoot to school together. Yeah. So as they're scooting on up to school, the police escort limo passes them once again. Mm-hmm. They get to school where the popular girls... Lana, Anna, Fontana are doing, like, some sort of cheer about themselves. Tacky. It's, like, really cringy. I hate these girls so much. They're awful. They're so horrible. So popular guy Josh is like, (laughs) (laughs) he slams Jeremiah's laptop closed and walks up this, like, um, this wall that they have at the front of the school that kind of has, like, flowers mm-hmm. and stuff. But he's walking up the side of it. So he is about mm-hmm. to – if he fell backwards, he'd crack his head open, basically. 100%. And everyone's like, yeah. oh, my God. And Lana's like, OMG, he's such a show-off. <laughs> oh, my God. I totally hate him. This is Mandy Moore, by the way. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, just picture that. And Vice Principal Gupta, a.k.a. Sandra O. Oh, Oh, incredible. Amazing. Comes along and tells everyone to get off the wall, including Jeremiah, who is literally doing nothing. But he smiles when he sees Lily and Mia. Bing, bang, little sparks. This is an important (laughs) tool we will use later. (laughs) So Mia and Lily say hi to Miss Gupta. And she literally goes, hi, Lily. Hi, Lily's friend. (laughs) Poor Mia. So Mia is then like sitting on this ledge in kind of like a courtyard. Yeah. Like outdoor locker space that they have at the school. Oh my God. That's so cool. I always wanted one of those. We had outdoor lockers in my school, but it was like Singapore. So it was like warm outside all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mia is like chilling. She's working on her speech when this dude walks over and literally like sits on her lap because he didn't see her. 
Yeah, pretty wild. I'm like, damn, that's a blow. <laughs> it's a blow. So she goes up to Lily and tells her that somebody sat on her again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Poor girl. Then they spot Lana and Josh making out. And it's like really graphic. He like pops this bubble gum in like her mouth. It's like, bleh. It's a bit much for me. It's a bit much for me, love. <laughs> and Lily is like, oh my God, jerk and jerkette sighting. Yeah, Lily has some... Um, we'll get into that later, but she has some, some vendettas. attitude problems. Yeah. She needs a big attitude adjustment. <laughs> so Mia stares at them and has this full-blown fantasy. She's picturing her in Josh, and he's, like, grabbing her and kissing her. And she is, like, giggling and staring. <laughs> it's so cringe. <sighs> but Lily snaps her out of it, and Mia's like, oh, yeah, Gross. Yeah. <laughs> then the bell rings. We see a cool guy, um, mm. Michael, aka Lily's brother. Phil says he looks like Liam Gallagher from Oasis, and yeah, um, he's at the lockers <laughs> nearby, just looking at Mia. Remember that. Yes, this is an important tool we will use later. So then we cut to debate class and Josh is like debating against wearing uniforms. Mm -hmm. He's like saying all this bullshit. He's like, they're trying to control our minds, like blah, blah, blah. Everyone loves it because they all love Josh. And then the teacher, Mr. O'Connell, is like, all right, you're done. Make sure you change back into your uniform after class. And Josh is like, whatever you say, and stands up on his chair and starts like taking his sweater off. I'm like, I fucking hate this guy. Somebody is like, he's the man. And Lana is like, he's my man. Awful. And I am throwing up everywhere. Awful. <laughs> And then Mr. O'Connell says, it's now time for the rebuttal from the opposition, which is Mia. Mia is sweaty, knees weak, arms heavy, mom's spaghetti <laughs> right now. She is yeah. flipping out. She asks Lily what her point is again. And Lil Lily just like reminds her like, you know, uniforms are equalizers. Like they make us mm -hmm. all equal. So Mia goes up to the podium. She can barely get the words out and she's stuttering the whole time Ugh. all the popular girls are giggling and making fun for hair oh my god i would I also feel insane if that were happening to me yeah mia freezes and she like puts her hand over her mouth and she is about to barf she has to run out of class yeah she not only runs out of class but also leaves school oh yeah she gets she's, out yeah she heads like, out of there. This day is a wash. I'm done. So she goes to her part-time job at this like rock climbing gym. And I'm like, damn, that's such a cool after school job. That's so awesome. And she's like chatting with some of her coworkers when her mom comes in and is like, so I heard you threw up and you ran away. And she's like, yeah, I did. Mia says that she just wants to forget about it. And the mom is like, don't worry. Like, I'll talk to your teacher and straighten it all out. By the way, um, your grandma called. And she's like, what? And she's like, the one that's alive. Um, the one that lives in Genovia. And Mia is, like, absolutely shocked. Apparently, it's the first time she's ever contacted them. Like, she's never met her. Sorry to this grandma. <laughs> and then the mom explains that she's in town and she wants to have tea with Mia. Mm -hmm. And Mia's like, she came all the way from Europe to have tea. Bro, I can't imagine this mom being like, eh, 
She uh, she she came all the way yeah. here to ask you to have tea. I'm sorry, your life's about to cha- to change. It's gonna change yeah. really badly. I'm sorry. She doesn't prepare her at all, which I never really thought yeah. about. But like Helen knows that like she's royal, and she wasn't like, let me tell you before you get ambushed by this woman you never met. Yeah, I guess I can see her like keeping a secret. But mm-hmm. then I guess her father only passed away two months ago. So it's not like right. a ton of time has passed. And yeah. she probably didn't think that she would have to say anything until he passed away. Because then right. on, like only because he passed does she have to take the throne. But it's pretty That's insane. True. So me and her mom climb one of the rock walls together. And they're just chatting about you know, her grandma. And Mia asked her if this is the woman that made her and her father get divorced. And her mom explains that she didn't approve of her, but they made that decision themselves. So Mia's like, she's a snob. She's never contacted me before. I don't want to see her. And her mother tells her that her grandma, Clarice, said that her dad hoped they would meet someday. So Mia does agree to go to tea with her. Then it's the next day at school. Uh, Mia and some of like the kids are in like the music band practice room. Yeah. And they're kind of like jamming out, playing some music. Lana's dancing and being obnoxious. Yeah. Then the teacher comes in. She's like, all right, time for choir practice. So they all get up and they sing Catch a Falling Star. Lily's brother Michael's playing the piano and he's like staring at Mia while she's singing. Pretty oh my bold. God. Everyone like gets a bay in this movie. Yeah. After school, Mia goes to meet her grandmother. She walks over to the address. It's this huge gated building. There's an intercom. She presses the intercom to announce herself. And the camera, like, zooms in on her. (laughs) And they're like, there aren't any school tours today. And she's like, actually, I'm here to meet my grandmother. Um, Because she's still a nerd at this point. So they open up the gates. And when she comes into the building, the man at the front desk checks her bag and the doorman Mm. leads her into the parlor so i'm like pick up the clues connect the dots yes then a woman named charlotte introduces herself she tells her that she is um at the genovian consulate and mia is like there are pears in the bouquet and charlotte is like why yes of course genovia naturally (laughs) genovia (laughs) is known for its pears yeah, meanwhile, Clarice has, like, come down the stairs a little bit and is kind of, like, spying on them. Yeah. Listening in in their conversation. And then she, you know, eventually comes downstairs to announce herself and is, like, shook when she sees Mia. She's like, oh, like, let me look at you. And she kind of stares at her and she's like, you look so young. And Mia's like, thank you. You look so clean. <laughs> so they then sit down. While they wait for, like, tea to be prepared. Mm-hmm. And Mia's like, oh, so my mom told me that you want to talk to me about something, so <laughs> shoot. And Clarice is like, before I shoot, um, I want to give you something. And she gives her this, like, gorgeous, like, jewelry box with a locket in yeah, it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Stunning. It has a locket with um, the Genovian crest on it. And she's like, it was mine when I was young. And Mia's like, thank you so much. I'll take such good care of it. Shoves it in her bag. Starts like shaking Shaking it around. Oh my God. My anxiety is like off the charts. I'm like, it's a family heirloom. (laughs) So 
Clarice then says she has something very important to tell her. It will have a big impact on her life. And Mia's like, well, I already had braces. And she's like, no, it's bigger than orthodontia. And then Charlotte comes in to tell them that tea is a served. I'm, I'm wondering how Charlotte got into international politics. Um, mm. But we never find that out. So yeah. outside on the terrace, <laughs> Mia clangs on this incredibly delicate and probably expensive teacup with a spoon. She's just like, <laughs> and Clarice looks horrified. She can't believe what she's seeing. Clarice asks her if she's ever heard of Edouard Christophe Philippe Gerard Rinaldi. And Mia's like, no. And Clarice is like, he was the proud prince. <laughs> I will be keeping that in there. <laughs> oh, my God. He was the crown prince yes. of Genovia. Oh, and my God. in addition to that title, <laughs> he was also your father. <gasps> and Mia's like, ha, 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 yeah, my dad was prince L-O-L-J-K. <laughs> and Clarice oh. is like, why would I joke about that? And Mia's like, well, no, because if he is a prince, then I'm... <gasps> exactly. You're not just Amelia Thermopolis. You're Amelia Mignonette Thermopolis Rinaldi, Princess of Genovia. <gasps> Mia is quaking in her Doc Martens. She goes, me, <laughs> a princess? Shut up. And Clarice is like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> and then a staff member comes over and he's like, no, miss, in America... Or not, miss... Your Highness. Yeah, literally. No, Your Highness. Um, in America, shut up doesn't always mean be quiet. It can also mean, wow, gee whiz, golly. And Clarice is like, yes, yes, I've got it. Nevertheless, you are the princess and I am queen, Clarice Rinaldi. And since your father died, you are the natural heir to the throne of Genovia. And Mia is like, uh, <laughs> me? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You have the wrong girl. I am not a leader. My expectation in life is to be invisible, and I'm really good at it. And Clarice is like, you know, I never expected this to happen to me either, but you are the only heir, so we will help you become the princess that you naturally are. Wild. Clarice starts talking about training her, you know, reading the right books and her studies and teaching her etiquette, etc. And she's like, one day, you'll find the palace in Genovia a wonderful place to live. And Mia is like, just rewind and freeze because she's 15. <laughs> I'm not a princess. I'm still waiting for normal body parts to arrive. I refuse to move to and rule a country because I don't want to be a princess. And she's just having a total fit. She's freaking out. Yeah. Grabs her bag, runs out of the consulate, and Clarice is calling after her. Then Joseph... Clarice's head of security comes up and he tells her that perhaps she just needs a little more time. Mm -hmm. She's in shock. And Clarice is like, will you help me? And he's like, what, you like want me to be a babysitter and a chauffeur? And she's like, yes, Mia needs good protection. She is royal after all. So meanwhile, Mia is fully like running out of the consulate and she like runs on the grass and there's like the automated yeah. announcer thing that's like, get off the grass. Yeah, Mia's pretty upset right now. She yeah. is confronting. She's having a bad time. Yeah, exactly. She confronted her mom. She's like, 
So you lied to me for 15 years. Uh, you decided not to tell me that my dad was royalty. And her mom is like, I thought I was doing the right thing for everyone. You know, we secretly divorced so that he could find a woman to be on the throne with him and she could live her life with Mia. She explains that they met in college when she was young and she just wanted to paint, not live as a royal, waving and bowing and living behind her dad. Mia's like, well, I've been living with a liar my whole life and that scares me. And she storms off to her room. Oh, classic teenager. Yeah. So Mia's like in her bathroom putting in her retainer Mm -hmm. and getting ready for bed while her mom explains that after the divorce, they all agreed that they wanted Mia to have a normal childhood, which is why Philippe and uh, Clarice maintain their distance, which I never really like picked up on that as a kid. But like, holy fuck, like the reason that he hasn't been in her life this whole time is like to protect her, not just like because he was absent. I, like, never really realized how intentional it was. Yeah, definitely. And I I wonder if in this hypothetical world, Mm -hmm. when it came out that, like, he had a daughter that was going to Mm -hmm. take over the throne, was anyone like, oh, this is, like, a bastard daughter or, like, anything? that's true. Yeah. Were they, like, shocked? Were they? Well, she would be (laughs) – I'm watching a lot of Rain right now, which is, like, another period piece. It's about, like, Mary, Queen of Scots. And Mia would be a legitimate child because her parents were married when she was born. Yeah. So, so long as he claimed her, she would be, like, legitimized and she would be eligible. Okay. Yeah. But I'm sure everyone was shocked when they found out about a daughter they didn't know about. Oh, yeah. That's pretty crazy. That's why, spoiler alert, in the second movie, which if you haven't seen at this point, what are you doing? Yeah, what's up? But when she is, like about to assume the throne there is some resistance because like she didn't grow up in genovia she like Mm -hmm. didn't really know its people she's like not really from there yeah but i digress so helen who's mia's mom i don't know if we said her name her name is helen she says that they were going to tell her when she was 18 but Mm -hmm. since her dad died things have changed and she says that they just wanted to protect her and mia's like well i don't feel protected and she just like can't believe that she's a princess and she's like as if i'm not enough of a freak already let's add a tiara and her mom is then like okay good night and then leaves (laughs) i'm done with this conversation yeah (laughs) and then mia tells her cat fat louie that he's so lucky he doesn't know who his parents are yeah next morning mr robitussin sees the genovian limo pull up outside and he starts pondering aloud he's like i've never ridden in a limo and he sits down in his director chair and begins to write in his little, like, weird side alley. <laughs> so inside, oh my gosh, wow. I, not to digress, this will literally interest no one, but the Brooklyn Nets won the game against the Jazz. Thank God. Oh, yay. They're really having a hard time. Um, Kevin Durant is out for four games because he was near people who had COVID. <laughs> Not at the moment, but tested positive afterwards. Mm. And although he had negative tests, he still has to quarantine because, uh, you know, it could be positive. He fucking played himself. Yep. Anyways, it's a W for Brooklyn, baby. (laughs) So inside, Helen tells Clarice that she has a, a great picture of Philippe. So she goes out and gets her picture box and Clarice chats with Helen. 
She tells her that if Mia does not accept the throne, then Genovia, as they know it, will cease to exist. Which is pretty no insane, yeah. Clarice takes a look at the photo that Helen showed her, and she says that, you know, Philippe was ready to become king. Then there was that terrible accident, mm. and Helen tells Clarice that she always loved him very much, even if it didn't work out. Meanwhile, upstairs, Mia is looking at herself in the mirror in her uniform, is like wiggling her eyebrows up and down. And she's like, well, as always, this is as good as it's gonna get. And then slides down the fireman pole into the kitchen. She sees Helen and Clarice and is like, okay, this is a nightmare. I'm going back to bed. And Helen is like, no, the three of us need to talk. Mia starts, like, throwing out some quips. She's like, oh, Mm -hmm. what's next? Do I have, like, a twin sister that's a duchess that I never knew about? And Helen is like, can you please just listen? And Clarice explains that in a few weeks they have an annual ball. Yeah. And she's hoping to present Mia to the public at that ball. But beforehand, she needs some instruction and says that she speaks for the Genovian Republic and the royal family. And Helen is like, and I speak for this family. Mia says that she doesn't have a family with either of them because Clarice ignored her for 15 years and then her mom lied to her. That's pretty insane. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> families don't do that. And then runs off. Yeah, it could be worse. She could hate you. Yeah. And then uh, Helen explains that Mia went to her tower. And Clarice is like, she has a tower? Yeah, pretty groovy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So up in her little tower, Mia's having a fit. Honestly, I get it. Like, you know, it's shocking news. Upstairs, Mia's like, I'm late to a meeting with my guidance counselor. And Clarice (laughs) is like, well, I'm late to a meeting with Spain and Portugal. Bitch. Yeah. Bitch. (laughs) So Helen's like, okay, Mia will attend the princess lessons. And she neither accepts or rejects the offer of royalty until the grand ball. Mia agrees. Clarice says that she can accept that as well. But Mia must not say a word about any of this to anyone until then. So they walk out of the house and Mia is telling Clarice that her mother traded two paintings to get Mm -hmm. her this sick (laughs) 1960s. Sick, bro. (laughs) Fucking sick ass 1966 Mustang convertible. It does look cool. And um, the only problem is, you know. It doesn't run. Yeah. So she needs like some work done on it, which is expansive. (laughs) They pass by Mr. Robitussin and Clarice basically like asked to be introduced. And Mia's like, I don't think you want to meet him. He doesn't have very nice manners. So they get to the front of the house where there are these like two matching limos. And Clarice explains that this one is for Mia. It's for her to use all the time. I'm like, what a sweet deal. And Joseph will be her driver. In the limo, Mia is playing with all the controls. She's putting the partition up and down. She's mm. like, driver, pull up the partition, please. Um, and Joseph, Joseph pull up the partition. <laughs> Joseph is like, that only goes up and down. And Mia's like, mm. can we get rid of the flags on the limo? And he's like, the flags allow me to park anywhere. Like, we're not getting rid of the flags. Yeah. And he's like, you can call me Joe. And she's like, Joey. And he's like. He's like, ha, no. Not that. So they go pick up Lily. And Lily is like, what the fuck? 
but she's excited. Yeah. Um, she meets Joe and immediately tells him that he looks like Shaft. Mm-hmm. Mia then explains to Lily that her grandmother gave her the limo to use, you know, just to make up for lost time, bribery, what have you. <laughs> Lily then also plays with the controls in the car and Mia asks Joe to park a block away from school so that they don't cause a scene with this hearse. And he's like, this is a non-riot hearse, but no problem. I think he said something like, um, if this were a hearse, it would be silent in the backseat. And the girls are like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So at school, the cheerleaders are doing a cheer and then they go sit with their boyfriends Lana and her goons start making fun of Mia's speech, and they're using their pom-poms to, like, imitate her throwing up. Then Lana is like, Mia, is it true that you're speaking at the bulimic convention so you can talk and barf at the same time? (laughs) It's like... Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. What a fucked up thing to say to These might be, like, some of the meanest school bullies i've seen yeah. in like a movie especially a disney movie jesus oh, yeah. christ they're pretty unhinged i would say mm-hmm. so then we cut to gym class where they're playing not even baseball they're playing slow pitch and mia is the catcher she's not an athletic girl nope and as somebody who is not an athletic girl i understand she's stressing the teacher is like just throw the ball it's fine she throws it and because her hand-eye coordination is not great, she does end up hitting her teacher right in the back of the head mm-hmm. with a baseball. Doesn't bode well for her report card. After school that day, on their walk home, Lily talks to Mia about how she's going out to dinner with her father. And she's like, we ran out of stuff to talk about when we were eight. And Mia's like, well, at least he's alive. And Lily's like, hold up. It's been two months. I thought you were over that. What? What are you fucking... Stop typing. Stop <laughs> typing, Lily. Two months? Are That's you... long enough to mourn a dead parent. Yeah. I thought you were over that. Bitch. The fuck? No. So, ugh, I need to recover. Hang on. Bro. So, Mia says that, you know, yeah, but he was still my father. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> crazy to think about (laughs) yeah and lily's like well you never even met the man just some cards and like birthday gifts yeah what oh god and mia's like well to be fair they were really beautiful presents and you know he paid for my school tuition then to escape this wretched conversation mia says that she needs to go see michael about her baby aka her car yes she calls that car her baby, like, way too, um, like, you would think she's actually yeah. talking about a baby. But Yeah, I wouldn't have even said it this time if she didn't say it so many times in the movie. Yeah. So she goes to the auto shop. Um, Christina informed me that the band that Michael plays with is his actual band, Rooney. Yes. I'm only really familiar with Rooney because of that one episode of The O.C. where they there's like a whole storyline about them going to a Rooney concert. It's like a very dramatic episode. But yeah, mm. this is um, Jason Schwartzman's – wait, is that the right Schwartzman? That's Chase. I don't know. I don't think He's so. He's the other – He's the other Schwartzman? Robert – Robert Schwartz? Hang on. Oh my gosh. I love Jason Schwartzman. Robert Schwartzman. Okay. Is the one I'm thinking of. But yes, they are brothers. Gotcha. So Michael's band of flypaper, they're playing in the auto shop. 
how's San Francisco? Um, mm. The M&Ms are on the keyboard. He's like, and one of the girls on the couch watching Michael play is like, he fixes cars, plays guitar, and he can sing. He's so hot. Sounds like adjust my type. It does. Um, once again, I had a huge crush on Michael as a kid. No one is surprised. So after the song, Michael goes over to say hi to Mia while she's at her car. And then Doc, the like repairman who owns this uh, body shop, tells her that it's going to cost $400 to fix her car. And then Michael's like, I'll do free labor oh to help my pay God, for it. Bro. Stop. Stop. <laughs> shut Shut your mouth. Stop typing. Take your hand off the keyboard. Oh. So Mia's like, no, no. Like, I'll go talk to my grandma about it. Um, I'll see you guys later. And then scoots out. And Doc is like, I'll do free labor to pay for it. <laughs> like, makes fun of Michael for simping. Being a simp, yeah. Yeah. He's like, she's my sister's friend. And he's like, uh-huh, like, it's a hard place to be between friend and friendlier. <laughs> Just dudes being bros. <laughs> um, my favorite part of The Bachelor last night was when Chris Harris is like, sits down on the curb to talk to Matt. And he's Chris, like, Chris, did you say Chris Harris? Oh, fuck. What's his name? <laughs> Chris Harrison. Chris Harrison. I'm thinking of Joe Harris, a.k.a. one of the greatest players on the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. (laughs) My mind is a mass of pop culture. (laughs) I'm an evil pop culture genius now. (laughs) A lovely unhinged episode for the start of 2021. Um, Chris Harrison's like, yeah, man, like, what do you think of all these women in here? Like, he just tries to get to this place. Yeah. Of it, ra- like, like, bro, let's rap for a second. And I'm like, yeah, Chris Harrison, you could be this man's daddy. What are you yeah, doing? He's like, he's trying to like chill in a hot tub with Matt James. And Matt's like, I don't know you, sir. You're a stranger to me. <laughs> this is going to be such a hard episode for people to follow because we're just going from reference to reference to reference. <laughs> well, then people need to learn. We're giving them a lesson. <laughs> so Mia shows up at the consulate. And she's there for her first princess lesson while waiting. She accidentally breaks a priceless piece of art. Um, (laughs) It's a little finger on the statue. She sticks the finger in the statue's mouth. And I'm like, oh, you nailed it. Great choice. (laughs) Charlotte comes out to get her. And Clarice has Mia spin in a circle so she can survey her. She takes a look at Mia Carriage, hairstyle, complexion, eyes, lovely, but hidden beneath Bushman eyebrows. Her neck is good. She's ears like her father. She then um, disparages Mia's nails and tells her that she must wear stockings and get rid of her Doc Martens. We then have like the iconic like walking lesson mm-hmm. moment um, where... Julie Andrews goes, so we don't schlump like this. My personal favorite line in the movie. Clarice is then showing Mia how to walk. Meanwhile, Mia is like making faces at Mm -hmm. Charlotte, like to make her laugh behind Clarice's back. They then like teach Mia how to sit properly on a chair. 
and tell her like not to cross her leg. She should just like tuck one ankle on the other. I used to do this all the time when I was a kid because I thought it looked so cool. Oh, yeah, me too. But Mia promptly falls out of her chair, which actually, fun fact, is how Anne Hathaway got the role because in her audition, she like fell off her chair and they were like, she's perfect. <laughs> That's all I have to do, guys. Yep. <laughs> Make bold choices. <laughs> Didn't have to go to acting school. Should have just done that. Yeah. That night, Helen is painting, and Mia asks her mother – oh, fuck, I forgot about this. It's kind of wild. <laughs> um, she asks her how she went into a parent-teacher conference and came out with a date. And I'm like, Oof. honestly, don't date your kid's teacher. No. I'm talking to you, Lorelai Gilmore, okay? Yep. It doesn't turn out good. No Max Medina is worth it. No. So she apologizes to Mia but she's like, I haven't met anyone like that in a really long time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a good guy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, it says something about you if that in your social life you do not meet good mm-hmm. men. If you keep meeting shitty men, you need either new friends or to go to new bars. It's true. It's true. So the next day in gym class, Mia is getting absolutely pelted slaughtered with soccer balls mm-hmm. while she's like in the goal she's the goalie and tells her teacher like she can't do this she has no hand-eye coordination and her coach is like okay fine josh you be the goalie now so josh comes over to mia and he like actually starts giving her some advice yeah about like how to be a better goalie and not like freak out so much but she, meanwhile, has totally zoned out and is just, like, imagining them making out again. Um, but this is the one good moment for Josh. Yeah, the literal one. Mm-hmm. Um, after school, Mia gets in the limo and Joe drives her to her princess lessons. He hands her a pair of pumps and closes the partition so she can get dressed for her lesson. She is, like, bumping around in the back seat yeah. because Joe is going up and down these crazy san francisco hills and he's like i've never put on pantyhose but it sounds dangerous so at the consulate mia is like she's sitting in this chair and she's like tied to it by the neck with a scarf um it's an hermes scarf specifically to help improve her posture and then they move on to dance lessons because genovia does a lot of training with spain Mm -hmm. and dance is the best way to a spanish heart which I will remember if I ever go to Spain. (laughs) So Joe will be her partner. He's like helping them out. And he asks what kind of dancing Mia does. And she shows him some like really cringy, like uncoordinated bobbing. Yeah. And he tells her like to stop bobbing her head. He's like, it's not a doggy on the dashboard. Pretty, pretty wild. The rhythm is off. Mm -hmm. So Joe shows her a nice, tasteful dance it's something between Mm -hmm. a waltz and a tango she steps on his toes but he's like okay we're gonna try again and she does end up getting it she nails the move and Clarice Mm -hmm. is like okay now you may go and Mia just books out of there so she dismisses Joseph as well but as she's about to turn (gasps) the music off he turns the music back on and he's Ah! like you've been wearing black for far too long and they share a dance together. Oh, my God. Very spicy moment. Very spicy. The only thing is, like, kind of weird that he's like, you've been mourning your husband for too long. There's a lot of death in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It always starts with someone dying, I swear. Or, like, someone's an yeah. orphan. I feel like that's a catalyst for so many movies. Oh, yeah. 
So the next day at school, over the intercom, very much a la a Cinderella story. Yeah. We hear the announcer say that the school is having their annual Baker Beach Party on Saturday. Lily then calls Mia over and is like, can you help me with my, like, Greenpeace petition? She's always (laughs) doing, like, some sort of, like, petition for animal or human rights. And Mia says that she can't. She has to meet her grandma and then scurries off. Meanwhile, Jeremiah comes up to Lily and, like, pulls a coin out of her ear. And she's like, that's nice, Jeremiah, but the way to a girl's heart is not treating her like a vending machine. And I was like, you don't take money out of a vending machine. Yeah, I'm like, if anything, it's the opposite, but whatever. So Mia runs to the consulate. She's running late, but she makes it. Then they usher Paolo into the room. Paolo. And this is where I wonder who at the <laughs> Disney company was scorned by an Italian man named Paolo and was like, every villain <laughs> must be Paolo and he must be untrustworthy i don't know i don't, don't know. know who hurt you let's talk about it i hope you have since healed come on the pod <laughs> yeah so paolo is like a hairstylist makeup artist what have you and he is there to give mia a makeover he asks where the beautiful girl is and clarice is like that's my granddaughter right over there <laughs> and paolo is shake shaking <laughs> quaking he is shook <laughs> And he's like, uh, frizzy, dizzy, busy, in the best sense. Mm-mm. Clarice is like, okay, before you begin, you and your assistants must sign this NDA. And he passes it. He's like, bappity boopity. Um, <laughs> Bippity boppity. Give me the sloppy. <laughs> the Italian listeners know exactly what he said. And I, I don't feel like repeating it for the them. The <laughs> He said Capicola, <laughs> Parmigiano Reggiano, <laughs> Fettuccine. Okay. We're just, with every episode, we alienate more and more of our European listeners. Pippity <laughs> pop, but okay. So Clarice is like, oh, right. I have the Genovian press secretary waiting for me. Um, I will have to go, but you know, I'll be surprised when I come back later. And then she tells Charlotte to watch him like a hawk. So we get a a sick little montage. Paolo is giving Mia this makeover. Starts with her brows. He's like, I love your eyebrows. We'll call them Frida and Kahlo. (laughs) He then, you know, like breaks his hairbrush in her hair, trying to brush it. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't have curly hair, but it's my sense that you're not really supposed to brush it. I would say, um, yeah. Unless you're like about to wash it, right? precisely mm-hmm. yes i've heard um people who don't have curly hair though they're like why don't you brush your hair or, like your hair looks like a rat's nest i've heard not even necessarily to me but just in general mm-hmm. but you can't because it makes it look worse yeah because then it then it like frizzes exactly yeah so then we see him like they're waxing her brows they're plucking she's getting a mani pedi she got like the cucumbers on the eyes it's the whole thing he then presents her to the queen, does a little reveal to, like, headshots, which yeah. I guess they printed during this makeover. <laughs> Mia looks, you know, super different. She looks in the mirror, and she is shocked. Her hair is, like, straight. It's shorter. Her eyebrows are shaped now. And she looks like she's feeling some type of way about oh, yeah. this transformation. Next day, new day in the morning. Mm. 
The limo pulls up to pick up Lily and Michael. Michael sees Mia with her new makeover and all. He is like, oops, I am unwell. <laughs> I'm having a meltdown. <laughs> He's like, Baba Booey, okay? <laughs> um, Lily sees Mia and she's like, oh my god. Who destroyed you, you fucking furry, you ugly little fucking <laughs> troll? And Bro. Mia's like, oh, you think it looks bad? And Lily, A single tear. Yeah. And Lily's like, you look ridiculous. You should sue. And Lily. What a bad friend. Oh, my God. She's awful, Lily. bro. She's like, do you have a scent of confidence now? Because I will tear it to pieces. Yeah. I will smush you beneath my shoes like a bug. Yeah. Mia's like, I know it's a little straighter and shorter. And Lily's like, and weirder. And Michael's like, it's an attractive weirder. And I'm like, what is happening here from both of these siblings? You both need to get a grip. So they get in the limo and Lily just keeps like going on and on, like ragging on literally everything about Mia. Her bag. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything. Making her feel like absolute shit. Meanwhile, Mia is like sitting right next to her crying. Yeah. And Lily's like, you're a fucking sellout, bitch. (laughs) This bag? You have one of these bags? We could hawk that and feed a third world country. And Michael's like, no, you couldn't. <laughs> oh, insane. So they get out of the car and Joe asks Mia if she's all right. And then he tells her like the famous Eleanor Roosevelt quote, nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. Mia thanks him and then pulls this gross bucket hat out of her bag to try and like cover her hair bad i would wear that tomorrow if it wasn't gray i'd probably like it better but i'm a hype beast (laughs) is what you don't know wow i'm learning so much this episode (laughs) so um she like puts all of her hair up in it to cover it and lily's like oh please you think a hat is gonna stop people from seeing your new lana do and mia is like lily just stop it okay just because your hair sucks get off mine and michael is like ouch thank you so much and then shakes (laughs) me his hand (laughs) it's pretty funny yeah lily starts laying into him and he tells her to relax and (sighs) breathe yeah Yeah. before he walks away playing his harmonica (laughs) bro I'm picturing you, like, in real life, if, like, if this guy were real, and I'm just, no, I know you'd be like, oh, my God, he's playing his harmonica. Don't at me like that. So, (laughs) Mia tells Lily she's so sick of her, ragging on her all the time, and always telling her what to do. She gets enough of that from everyone else, and Lily's like, I know that you're keeping something from me. And starts taking off her friendship charm, the drama. And she's like, I am going to take this off and throw it in the dirt. And he's like, okay, like, don't do that. Wait. And she's literally like jumping up and down. (laughs) Great 15-year-old impression. Yes. She ends up telling Lily the truth. And Lily is shook. She is like, shut up. She apologizes for being harsh. And she's like, okay, will you come on my cable show. (laughs) 
And I understand now what it feels like for people to be like, when we are like, will you come, come on, on our podcast? podcast. <laughs> um, Mia tells her that no matter what, she can't tell anyone. She's sworn to secrecy. So they do their secret handshake. And Lily asks if she can really run a country. I mean, no, she's 15. Yeah. So definitely not. It's going to be a no from me, dog. It's a no from me, love. So we got to debate class. Mr. O'Connell is about to give a quiz when Lana is like, excuse me, um, it's against the school dress code to wear a hat in class. And so Mia is forced to take her hat off and everyone sees her new hair. And for some reason, they make like this huge fucking deal about it. Yeah. I'm like, what? Get a fucking life, everybody. But they're all like, oh, my God. Like, look who's trying to fit in now. Somebody even says, looks like she got a head transplant. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? I'm a savage. (laughs) So Lily, thankfully, stands up for Mia. And she's like, well, I think it rocks. And you know what? Voltaire? Hair. Personally, I would like to learn about Voltaire. And I will say, when I was a kid, I obviously didn't know what Voltaire was. And I thought she was saying bald hair, hair. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand what you're saying. But now I get it. Yeah. I feel like this is the first time I also – there are a lot of just small quotes that I heard for the first time watching Mm -hmm. it back because I was, like, actually paying attention. Um, Mm -hmm. At our princess lessons that evening, Mia takes her lessons and the queen gives her this stack of books – She's like, read this, read that. She has Mia recite a Shakespearean. Oh, no, no, no. It's actually from Romeo and Juliet. She does the balcony scene. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's like, if a rose by another name, yada, yada. Yeah. And then she gives her a waving lesson. And Mm -hmm. they're waving and waving. And Joe is like, okay, I have to go, you know, drive someone somewhere or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they're like, thank you for being here today. (laughs) They give him a little wave. So cute. I love how Joe is like playing along, like sitting in the chair in front of them, pretending to drive as if it is so necessary for this waving lesson. So that night at home, me and Helen are hitting these like paint filled balloons with darts um, to make this like avant-garde painting. It's very cute. Um, Mia's like, this is way better than princess lessons. And you have to wonder, Helen must be like a super successful artist. Yeah. If they own this like firehouse. That canvas? Yeah. The canvas itself? I was like, what? Yeah. Insane. So back at school, they're walking up to school and Michael asks Mia what she's doing this Saturday. And he tells her that his band is rehearsing a couple new songs and Mm. they got her parts for her car. You know, maybe they could uh uh put it together, together. Mm. And she's like, okay, is this like a date? And he's like, no. And Mia's giggling. He's like, it's just music and cars. And she's like, will there be pizza? And he's like, of course. And she's like, with (laughs) M&M's. I'm like. Naturally. A little flirt to flirt, 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 flirt. Mm -hmm. I was also like, why didn't he just say that it was a date? Yeah, like, she clearly wanted it to be also, like, very bold. bold of her. Yeah. If a guy, if I said that and the guy was like, no, I'd be like. No. I'd be like, where's. Be like, I'm going to I go. see. I see a car 
I see a car coming. Excuse me while I walk into the road. I'm going to go fly directly into the sun. Um, Goodbye forever. Got, got a blast. Yeah. Mia says that she's in. Then Lily comes running up to them, like yelling in the streets, being dramatic as per usual. And they get to school where there's like a fuck ton of reporters, just like- A media circus. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole scene. Mia goes up to this photographer and she's like, what's going on? Like, who are you guys waiting for? And then Lana is like, that's her. That's Mia Thermopolis. And they're like, we're waiting for you, princess. And then they like swarm her like crazy. Luckily, um, Vice Principal Gupta comes over and like brings her inside. Meanwhile, Lana and her goons are trying to like get the reporter's attention. Hate them. Hate them. Yeah. In Principal Gupta's office... Gupta shows me the newspaper article that reveals she's a princess and gets a phone call. She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The queen is coming to Grove High School. <laughs> Chaos. Yeah. Then we cut to, you know, Clarice getting out of her limo at Grove High School. She's walking into the school, not answering any of the reporter questions. There's, yeah. like, a great shot of her taking a mic out of one reporter's hand and just, like, putting it in his <laughs> jacket pocket. So they finally get to Gupta's office, and Gupta is, like, very nervously, like, serving her tea. The glass is, like, shaking. Wild. And she's like, I'm so sorry. We don't have finer china, your majesty. And she's like, oh, it's it's quite all right. And takes a sip of the tea and is, like, immediately disgusted. Awful. And it turns out that Paolo was the rat. He's the one that told the press. I don't know why they bring him to the school. Yeah. <laughs> He's it's so weird. Yeah. But he says that he didn't do it for money, even though there was money involved. But he just did it for ego. He was proud of his work on Mia and he wanted everyone to know that it was him. Paolo doesn't want money. Paolo does not does mm. not write for money. He does not work for money. He wants the he wants the fame. Paolo wanted the fame. Okay. <laughs> Sing to me, Paolo. Ay ay ay. A dancing cat, a dancing count. I'm dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So Principal, sorry, Vice Principal Gupta starts fawning over Clarice. She's like, Your Majesty, what is it like just having people fawn all over you? <laughs> and I can't look at her the same way after seeing her in um, uh, Killing Eve. It's just um, such a different character. Yeah. But Clarice asks Joseph to take her and show her his um, protection plan for Mia's safety at school. So he ushers her out and Clarice starts talking to Helen. She's like, coping with the press is part of the job. And Helen's like, if she says she wants to, um, Mia can opt out right now. And Mia's like, I'll think about it and let you know soon. And Clarice is like, ooh, vague and diplomatic. I'm so proud. So on like the roof of the school, Mia is hanging out with Joe while he's like shooting hoops. Apparently, he was up there shooting hoops for hours to get, like, this 30-second clip. Poor guy. Lily then comes running up to them and tells Mia that she's the talk of the school. and Everyone mm-hmm. wants to be her best friend. And then she starts saying, like, all the reasons that she shouldn't be a princess. Like, you know, privacy. You always have to look perfect. This is when Mia then, like, trips and falls on her ass on the bleachers, which we found out 
was not in the script and Hathaway just fell, but they kept it in there. Mm-hmm. And the final reason is that she can't go nutso. Like she has to have it together all the time. So Lily asks her if now that the news is out, she'll come on her he will show Saturday night. And Mia agrees. I'm like, girl, you need a planner. Are you forgetting your your non-date? Yeah, really. So Mia tells Joe she doesn't want to run a country. She just wants to pass 10th grade. So can she just quit? And Joe is like, no one can quit being who they really are. Even if you turn the job down, you'll always be a princess. He tells her um, to just try. There's a fancy dinner coming up and Clarice thinks she's ready. And then he helps her practice for this dinner. He's like, you enter. Yeah, we cut to the state dinner. Mia looks beautiful. She's wearing this like blue dress, which I think would have been great if it didn't have this like weird collar thing. Weird collar. But maybe that was the thing in royal fashion in 2001. Yeah. But she looks super nervous. And Joe is like, not to worry. The worst is over. So Mia meets the prime minister and his wife and his daughter, all lovely people. And then dinner is served. So they all head into the dining room and they stand for Clarice's entrance. Oh my God, this dress is so beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. So gorgeous. It's like flowy. It has like sequins. It's like mm-hmm. delicate, light blue, stunning. There's lace. Yeah. So as she's entering, there's this, um, the Baron and the Baroness who are like another family in Genovia. And the Baron says to his wife, someday we will own Genovia again. You will be queen and your face will be on a postage stamp. Uh, petty. Yeah. So then everyone takes their seats. And they're all chatting. Mia accidentally lights her place card on fire mm-hmm, by holding mm-hmm. it too close to a candle. And instead she of, you know, that. just like putting it out, um, she just puts it back down on the table and it lights the jacket sleeve of the dude sitting next to her. <laughs> So he's fully on fire. She shoves his arm into the ice bucket and then throws water on him. Everyone is staring at her. Yeah. Mia goes up to Clarice because uh, she asked to see her. She's like, "Uh, hey, hey, grandma. And she's like, Mia, is everything all right? What was happening with the ice bucket? And Mia's like, oh, nothing. It was just a clumsy moment. I just, you know, almost killed a man. Yeah. Almost uh, (laughs) gave him three degree burns. Yeah. So... She goes back to her seat and they get a palate cleanser, which honestly looks pretty tasty. Yeah. Everything is green in the dishes that they're being Mm -hmm. served, which makes me think they're all like pear themed. Right. (laughs) So it's like a sorbet. And Mia just takes a gigantic scoop, gives herself a traumatic brain freeze. The Mm -hmm. prime minister and his wife notice and they're like, oh, my God, she didn't know it was frozen. What should we do? So they take gigantic bites as well. All three of them are causing a scene. They're freaking out. They have brain freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, it's honestly pretty cute that they did that to help her feel comfortable. Yeah, so she wouldn't be the only one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the guy next to Clarice is like totally stone-faced. And she's yeah. like, oh, have you ever eaten uh, something that was very cold and given yourself a headache? And he's like, no. <laughs> so... The prime minister gets up to make a toast. Mia helps him get everyone's attention by clinging her glass and breaks it. Oh. This is broken glass on the table. So, so far we have arson. Yeah. D- destruction of property. Bodily harm. So, finally they're served dessert, which 
of course, is the Genovian pear and cheese dessert. Classic. Yeah. Oh my god, we should redo. Sorry, we we should redo really? this meal like in real life. Oh my god, that would be fun. Yeah, be great. So Mia starts like eating the grapes on the plate with her hand, and Clarice is like, "Bitch utensils." <laughs> so Mia starts to like try and cut a grape in half, and it falls off her plate. So she crawls underneath to pick it, like underneath the table to pick it up. And then in like a crazy, like comedy of errors, like chain of disaster, mm-hmm. people are like tripping and going flying. And then like the grapes fly over to the other side of the table on like the plate of the guy next to Clarice. And he starts laughing. Everyone else starts laughing. And Clarice is like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Everybody, let's go into the grand hall for coffee. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Don't mind my granddaughter under the table. <laughs> Back home that evening, Mia takes a look at this photo of her father. It's on her desk. And she says, like, I'm sorry, Dad. It's very sad. Mm, she feels yeah. like she's failing. The next day, she goes to her lessons with her grandmother. She's feeling really down after the whole dinner mishap. But Clarice, like, isn't upset with her. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells her that it actually reminded her of her first dinner. And at her first dinner, she <laughs> knocked over a suit of armor and the spear went right through the suckling pig. Classic. And I'm like, oh, my girl, it's like you were <laughs> at my prom. You. <laughs> oh, my God. That feeling one. <laughs> so Clarice is like, let's cancel our lessons for the day. Charlotte, clear my schedule. I'm going to be shown San Francisco by a true San Franciscan. So then we cut to Mia and Clarice riding in Mia's Mustang. Clarice paid for all the repairs. She's good to go. Okay, now. Mia then takes Clarice to the pier where they can like play some arcade games. She asks Clarice if she has change. And Clarice is like, it's not appropriate for a royal to jingle. They then go and play like the arm wrestling game. And Clarice loses the first time, but she's determined. Mm-hmm. And the second time, she does use two hands, but she does win. Yes. Um, they're having a great time. They're laughing. They're bonding. They take some pictures in a photo booth. It's very sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Um, Mia asks her grandma if her dad always wanted to be a prince. And Clarice says yes, except once. 15 years ago, he almost renounced his title because he met a wonderful woman pardon me, a wonderful artist who showed him how wonderful life could be. But he had to make a decision. She says that a lot of people thought it was her that made this decision for him. But Philippe knew his brother wanted to abdicate the throne so that he could join the church. And Philippe realized that the love he could have for one person or even two people, you know, couldn't make him forget the love he felt for his country and its people. So it was the hardest thing he ever had to do. And we kind of find out that, like, Philippe really loved Mia and mm-hmm. her mother. And he didn't want to leave them, but he knew he had, like, this duty, this yeah. obligation. It's really sad. Yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking. But Mia offers her grandma <laughs> a bite of her corn dog, <laughs> And she accepts because they're having a bonding moment. And Clarice mm-hmm. is like, why? It's delicious. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, like, let's get another one then. And Clarice is like, oh, oh my God. Uh. <laughs> so Mia and Clarice are heading back to the consulate and they're driving up 
yet another treacherous San Francisco hill. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Mia's car is just like stopping and starting and going up and down. But like she's like, oh no no, I got it. But spoiler alert, she does not. She does it goes not. flying like backwards down this hill, crashes into a trolley. And, like, Clarice pulls the emergency brake. It fully, like, comes out. Shiz. Oh, my gosh. Not good. Some nuns see. They call the cops. Then the cops come. They read Mia, like, all of her violations for driving without a license and with an adult whose license expired 45 years ago. Damn. So Clarice says that licenses don't expire in Genovia. And doesn't she have diplomatic immunity? And he's like, yeah, you do. But she doesn't, and she has to go downtown. Oh. So Clarice Mm -hmm. says she understands perfectly. No town, no city, no country can function peacefully if its officers and transportation engineers don't follow the letter of the law. And she would be proud to have two such fine, honorable gentlemen serving in Genovia. And he's like, oh, ma'am, we're not all that. Oh, but you most certainly are. I will. uh," And she looks at the cross street. (laughs) She looks at the freaking cross street. It's like something like Rose in court, I believe. Yeah. And she's like, I will uh, bestow upon you the honor of the order of the Genovian order of the Rose. (laughs) And yet, yeah. She looks over at me and it's like, ooh, ooh. And everyone on the trolley is like, ooh. Um, so she's like, please kneel. Does anyone have a saber? She gets offered an umbrella, but she goes with Mia's emergency break. And Clarice, you know, taps their shoulders and yeah. dubs them masters of the order of the rose. The crowd is going wild. And she's like, well, Mia. I know you don't want to go all the way downtown. And the cop is like, ah, that won't be necessary, man. And like the trolley guy's like, it's fine. No one got hurt. We're insured. It's all good. So they then get a ride home with the police officer. And Clarice says, goodbye, trolley people. And (laughs) like they're animals. (laughs) I think in the second one, she says like, hello, kitchen people or something like that. Oh, no. But Mia tells Clarice that she is the coolest queen in the world. Yes. So next day at school, a lot of little girls crowd around Mia as she gets out of the limo. Mia kneels down and she talks to two of them. She signs her name for one of the little girls. Mm. Really a sweet moment. She's like, I want to be a princess too one day. And all that jazz. Meanwhile, Lana just lies to the media. She's like, we even finish each other's sentences. So Mia goes to her locker later on and Josh checks her out. He like puts some nasty ass gel in his nasty hair and looks Mia up and down. (laughs) Nick Carter lookalike wannabe bullshit. (laughs) And he's like, Mia, step into my office. He says he broke up with Lana because of what she said to her, which, like, I don't even know exactly what, because she's been an awful person to her on multiple occasions. Yeah. But he's like, I hate fake publicity seekers. I want you to go to the beach party with me. So Mia goes up to Michael, like, immediate, yes, immediately, of course. Yeah. So she goes up to Michael and is like, hey, 
I know um, we had plans, whatever, but, you know, Josh asked me to the Baker Beach party, so mm-hmm. we're going to have to just reschedule that, champ, okay? <laughs> I'll watch your band yeah. play another day. And Michael's <laughs> like, yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. Inside, it's like, all around me are familiar faces. Stop it. That's so funny. <laughs> so at home on Saturday, the day of the beach party, Mia's like trying on some different outfits. Helen asks if she's nervous. And she's like, no, I actually think I might get my first real kiss. And Helen is like, oh my God, with who? And Mia says, Josh. And Helen is like, that Backstreet Boy clone you've had a crush on forever? I thought he was mean to you. Ouch. When your mom gives you a harsh slap of reality. For real. And Mia's like, well, he's nice to me now. And I'm like, red flag, red flags everywhere you look. And then Mia says that she just hopes that when she gets her kiss, her foot pops. And her mom's like, what? And Mia explains, like, how in old movies when the girl gets kissed, like, her foot kind of pops. And we cut to, like, kind of like a daydream of Mia's foot popping but getting, like, stuck in gum. And her mom just, like, absolutely roasts her once again. Starts laughing. And she's like, I hope you get your first real foot-popping kiss. Oh, my God. (laughs) So at the beach party, we... And over, it's Lana and the Lynettes performing Stupid Cupid. Um, while Mia goes on a boat ride with Josh, there's a beautiful array of fruits. Oh, my God. That they showcase it, for whatever reason. It looks delicious. Yeah, it looks like a really great time. Um, and Josh's mm-hmm. boat is called the Josher. Gag me. Yeah. But Mia's having a blast. She's living her life. Yeah. So, meanwhile... On live TV with Lily, Lily begins her show. Shut up and listen. How endearing. (laughs) She says that Mia Thermopolis will be on later, but until then, Jeremiah will entertain them with some sleight of hand. I just want to take this moment to say that I didn't realize it as a kid, but Jeremiah is so fine. Yeah, he's really cute. And I'm like, why is everyone shitting on this kid all the time? He's, like, so attractive. That's also clearly not his natural hair color. Like, he dyes it. Oh, yeah. It's like some Ariana Grande, like, bottle cherry red hair dye. So, back at the beach bash, Mia and Josh are, like, slow dancing. It's all getting very cozy when, like, a news helicopter flies over. And they're like, Mia, Mia, Princess Mia. So her and Josh run over to this little, like, beach shack place where they keep all, like, the beach equipment and, like, it's like a stock room, basically. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, how did they know I'm here? This is so embarrassing. And Josh is like, it's totally fine. We can't see them. They can't see us. We're in this cozy little shack. Mia looks around. She's like, ew. And he's like, looks into her eyes. And he's like... There's no one I'd rather be here with. <laughs> wow. So he leans in to kiss her, but her foot is caught in a volleyball net. She's like trying to like lift her foot up, but it's just tangled on, amongst her little piggies, yeah. if you know what I mean. <laughs> so um, blah, blah, blah. She ends up falling into a wheelbarrow behind her. Um, I think she tells him it's like not romantic. Yeah. Yeah. And so she falls in the wheelbarrow. Josh pulls up a chair and he's like all right like 
Let's just wait here until they leave. And how about a nice foot massage in the meantime? And she's like, oh, my God, that'd be so nice. <laughs> and he is like, I met on me. On me. For me. For me. I'm a boy. <laughs> fucking rub my feet, please. Disgust me. Oh, disgusting. Disgusting. So meanwhile, back on Shut Up and Listen with Lily. <laughs> <laughs> apparently she's been having to do magic tricks for with jeremiah for the past hour and she's like clearly princess mia has a problem uh attending tonight which i'm sure she has a very good excuse for uh so that's all the time we have and then her show ends yeah meanwhile at the shack josh watches the helicopter fly away and he's like the coast is clear i saw Meanwhile, a fuck ton of reporters are waiting outside that he clearly missed, you know, and they decide to leave the shack to find a more romantic spot. But as soon as they open up the door, Mia is bombarded. She tries to go back in, uh, but Josh stops her. He's like, no, wait. And someone yells, give her a smooch. So Josh grabs Mia and kisses her. But thankfully, Mm -hmm. she bops him with her flip flop. And I'm pretty sure yeah. it was a platform flip-flop. So, yeah. you know, we got some leverage on him. And <laughs> she manages to get free from his nasty little clutches. Mm-hmm. She runs past the reporters. Yeah. Meanwhile, Josh is just eating it up. He's loving the attention. Then Lana and her shitty little friends are, like, running up the beach. And Anna is like, what? Are we friends with me now? Like, I'm so confused. And Lana is like, yes, we hate Josh. And then they find Mia. They're like, we have your clothes here. Like, Josh sucks. Like, we're going to make sure no one bothers you. Josh sucks. You have your clothes. Oh, my God. So Mia goes into the changing hut and she's like, thank you so much. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, Lana runs off, gathers all the reporters, has them all stand outside the changing tent. And they're like, yeah, she has her bathing suit off. And then they flip the tent over. And I'm like... What? That's pretty This is a insane. 15-year-old girl. You cannot do that. That's pretty That's, wild. That's, like, horrible. Luckily, Mia, like, has a towel on, so she's not, like, completely exposed, but Jesus that's Christ. That's illegal, mate. That's yeah, called that's child a, pornography. That's child pornography, mate. <laughs> Can't print that in the papers. Get that out of there. Okay. Yeah, so... Then the the gym coach comes up and starts blowing her whistle and, like, gets Mia out of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day at the consulate, the press is calling Mia a party girl. So they ended up publishing the photos of her with just a towel on. Insane. Yeah. But Clarice is reading the paper. She's really disappointed in Mia. And Mia says that she embarrassed um, the family and Clarice agrees with her. And says she's making a wise decision to abstain from the job. And Mia's like, okay, like I won't come to the ball in that case. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. Clarice is like, well, you're still family even if you don't agree to be princess. I'm going to meet with the press in an hour to do some damage control. So Mia leaves and Joe comes in. He tells Clarice that, you know, his information tells him that the boy was actually just using Mia for his 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, and those Anna, Falana, Banana, Bandana, Montana girls were no help to her either. And Clarice is like, 
why didn't she have the common sense to deal with all this? And Joe is like, ma'am, she's 15. She's quite literally a child. 15 when someone tells you they they love love you. You You gotta believe believe them. I'm unhinged. (sighs) Yeah. This is what dry Um, January does to you. Yeah, we're both doing dry January. So if you are. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, it's going really well. Dry January. I need to okay. fall down a flight of stairs. Um, so wake me up from this hell. Wake me up. Wake me up inside. Oh, you know what I was thinking? Wake me up when September. Uh, <laughs> wake up. Wake up on, on a Saturday, Saturday night. night. Could be New York. Maybe, maybe Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> oh man. What an episode you guys are getting today. It's such a treat. <laughs> such a treat. It's like a sweet treat in my mouth. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm recentering. I'm refocusing. But Joe says that today she acted beyond her years and accepted her criticism. And Clarice is like, oh, you think as a queen, I was too harsh on the person who could become the next ruler of my country? And he's like, no, but as a grandmother... You were too harsh on your granddaughter. And she's like, you're right. Do you think she can do the job? And he's like, yes. She's like, I think so too. Yeah. At school, everyone is ragging on Mia for the headlines. Mia ends up meeting with Lily on the roof to apologize for missing her show. Again, Lily is a huge B-I-T-C-H, a little sugar honey iced tea. (laughs) And she tells off Mia... But when Mia tells her that she's actually declining the throne, Lily's like, but I wanted you to be princess. Like, really? What is wrong with you? You, you are yeah. so, I, I pray that you seek help. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> she's like, I was just jealous because you were getting popular and you were leaving me in the dust. And I thought I was losing you, but you have the power to affect change and make people listen. And Mia tells her that tomorrow night she wants Lily to come to the ball and she hopes that she forgives her and that she'll come. And Lily, of course, forgives her. And she's like, but what should I wear? Don't make me dance. (laughs) Don't make me sing. Don't make me talk on my public (laughs) access show. (laughs) Don't make me shut up and listen. (laughs) So we cut to gym class. Mia gets up to bat in slow pitch. And Josh is like, all right, everybody, move it in. Obnoxious. And Mia's like, I hate it when they do that. And the coach like gives her a pep talk. She's like, you got this. I don't want to fail you. So then Mia looks that ball right in the eyes. She hits it. And it's a foul. She hits a foul ball. Mm -hmm. It goes over to the cheerleaders and they all scream and Josh laughs at Mia. But she gears up for her next pitch. She hits it and it hits Josh directly in the balls. I'm dead. I'm alive when I'm dead. (laughs) I'm alive when I'm dead. (laughs) So Mia then runs past all the bases. She slides into home. She's safe. And Josh can go suck a dick. Love it. 
at home, Michael stops by with Mia's car. Mia is fully wearing a Porsche strip. Um, mm-hmm. She rips that off real quick. Ouch. Yeah. He tells her, you know, it's all set, and she offers him the last payment. Mia says that she knows that he's still mad at her, and she's really sorry, and she invites him to go to the ball with her. But Michael's like, Josh would look better in a tux. And Mia's no. like, but I don't like Josh. I like you. I want to share it with you. And he's like, don't worry about me. He will loof, little cocky motherfucker. Just forgive her. You love her. Mia, you need to step away from this moody man and his codependent sister. That's a mirror. Suddenly I can't hear. <laughs> That's a mirror. <laughs> so the next day at school, Lily is petitioning for more vegetarian options in the cafeteria. And Mia chills with Jeremiah. And then Lana and her stupid little friends decide to be rude once again. And they're like, oh, my God, the perfect nerd couple, Jeremiah and Mia. Aw, Maya and Mia. And Lana, like, makes fun of his sweater. And she's like, is one of your magic tricks your hair? And then Mia's like, hey, Lana, you know, that cheerleading outfit is so cute like i bet it just goes with everything and she's like oh my god thank you and then mia slams her like chocolate ice cream cone right all over her chest like smears it in pretty awesome lana's screaming lana calls her a freak and she's like yeah i am but you know someday i might just grow out of that but you you will never stop being a jerk and everyone starts chanting lana got coned lana got coned, lana got coned. Lana yells for Principal Gupta, and she's like, oh, no, honey, I'm sorry. I was in a very important meeting. Send it out for dry cleaning. Get fucked. Get fucked, Lana. So that night at home, Clarice gives Mia this gorgeous leather-bound diary. Um, It has, like, a little lock on it that opens with the pendant necklace that she gave Mia, like, at the beginning of the movie. High tech. Yeah. And she says it's a present for her 16th birthday from her father. And she wanted Mia to have it before she goes back to Genovia in two days. And she also apologizes for how she handled the beach incident. And Mia says, it's all right. Clarice says she thinks she'd make a fine princess because it's about more than marrying a prince and looking pretty. It's a real job. Mia tells Clarice that she is an extraordinary person, but Mia isn't meant to do this. And that she'd be so afraid to disappoint Genovia, and she couldn't bear to disappoint Clarice again. But Clarice tells her that she has faith in her. Meanwhile, outside, Mr. Robitussin is talking to Joe, and he's like, you know, I write soap operas. I wrote a character just like you once. He was a spy. And Joe's like, I'm not a spy. And he's like, hmm, that's what my character said. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. Back in the apartment. It's not an apartment. It's literally a firehouse. Mia <laughs> tells Clarice that she'll see her tonight. And Clarice asks her for a favor. She says she needs her to formally renounce the title at the ball for the press. And Mia's like, um, considering everything, like maybe you could do that instead. <laughs> and Clarice is like, no, you wouldn't stop driving your Mustang just because a couple of insects hit the windshield. Besides, I'll be right next to you. She says Joe will pick her up, but Mia's like, no, 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 uh, my mom's going to drive me. She wants to bring me to my first ball, 
And Clarice is like, okay, I'll see you there then. Mia tells Clarice once again that she's sorry. And Clarice says that she is first and foremost her granddaughter and gives her a big hug. This part made me like so emotional. It was really, it's really sweet. A sad but nice moment. I was like, oh. Like, just thinking about Clarice all those years, probably, like, wanted to reach out to Mia so badly. Yeah, definitely. And, like, know her granddaughter, but didn't, like, for her own normalcy and safety. Like, all that time. Yeah. So then Mia decides she's going to split. Yeah, she She grabs all her things. She starts packing her bags. She gets her diary. She's, like, talking out loud to her dad. She's like, I'm sorry I disappointed you, but, like, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. She ends up, like unlocking it and opening it and a letter falls out which she doesn't notice because fat louie like immediately sits on it but she's just like i'm scared i can't do this then at the ball charlotte goes up to joe and she's like shouldn't you be getting mia right now and he's like oh no her mom is bringing her turns Uh out helen is already there and joe is like she's going to run yeah at home mia packs her things up she finds the letter that fell out of her diary And it's from her dad. It says, my dearest daughter, today is your 16th birthday. Congratulations. I present you with this diary to fill the pages with your special thoughts, special thoughts of your wonderful life. It is a custom in my family to pass on a piece of wisdom when one reaches this age. I pass it on to you as my father passed it on to me, Amelia. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. The brave may not live forever, but the cautious do not live at all. From now on, you'll be traveling the road between who you think you are and who you can be. The key is to allow yourself to make the journey. I also want you to know I loved your mother very much and still think of her often. Happy birthday, my Mia. All my love. Your father. Mm. He never married, guys. He never remarried. Yeah. He always loved Helen. Uh, back on the red carpet. Everyone who's anyone is at the ball tonight, mm. even with the potential rain forecast. The Genovian pair juggler is going strong. Thunder booms in the distance, and Charlotte commands everyone to put their umbrellas up. <laughs> Meanwhile, at home, Mia's like, JK trip is off throws on a sweater yeah she's like i need to get to that ball asap rocky so she heads out the door it's pouring rain outside and she tries to like put the top up on her mustang but of course it's stuck yeah mia's having a horrible time her car won't start finally it does she drives off at michael's house he hears the doorbell ring there's a pizza delivery he's like i didn't order this but then he accepts it It's already paid for. And he opens it up to see the word sorry spelled out in M&M's. And I'm like, gag me. But it's really sweet. And he checks his watch, runs back inside. Meanwhile, back at the ball, these two people are admiring the statue that Mia broke. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what could this be in this statue's mouth? Genovia is known for its cheese. Could it be string cheese? Delusional. (laughs) Insane. Meanwhile, Clarice enters the ball. She looks amazing once again. She's wearing this gorgeous, like, champagne, rose gold colored, like, gown with, like, a yeah. asymmetrical shoulder. It's, like, stunning. 
back at Mia's place, um, Joe questions her neighbor, Mr. Robitussin, about Mia's whereabouts. He's like, she went somewhere, but I know nothing. Joe grabs his collar and is like, <laughs> tell me right now. Mr. Robitussin's like, she went that way, then that way. So back at the ball, Clarice asks Charlotte if there are any problems. And Charlotte's like, no. And Clarice is like, Charlotte, you have many talents. But lying is not one of them. But the garden does look beautiful. <laughs> Charlotte then explains that Mia isn't here and she can't reach Joe due to like the bad reception from the storm. Then the prime minister comes over and tells Clarice that the press is starting to complain about having to wait. They need to meet their deadlines. And Clarice is like, okay, if Mia isn't here in 10 minutes, then I'll make the announcement. Since when does the press have any leverage? I know, right? Meanwhile, in the streets of San Francisco... Mia is on the same steep hill she couldn't get past before, and she's struggling. Her car just gives out altogether. And she just looks up into the sky and asks if it's punishment for driving without a licensed driver in the front seat. She lays down in the car in the back seat, and she's like, I'm invisible, and I'm wet. Meanwhile, back at the consulate, the Baron and the Baroness are being interviewed about how if Mia refuses the throne— then their family is going to take over the country. Pretty wild circumstances. Yeah. They really didn't stress that enough earlier in the movie, I don't think. Mia still isn't there, and Clarice is like, all right, I guess I'm doing it. Yeah. Joe finally gets to Mia and offers her a ride. He asks her, you weren't trying to run away, were you? And she's drenched in like a sweatshirt, and she's like, no, I'm on my way to a ball. Can't you see? Isn't it obvious? So then at the consulate, Clarice gets up to do her speech. Um, The masters of the Order of the Rose are there. (laughs) She welcomes everybody to the ball. Meanwhile, Charlotte and Joe are, like, ushering Mia in, like, through the kitchen, trying to, like, squeeze all the water out of her hair. And they're like, no time to change. Get up to that podium. Clarice is just about to make the announcement when she notices Mia. Yes. Immediately, Teen Mag is reporting. She's styling a wet sort of grunge-look hairdo and is wearing a sweatshirt, jeans, and ducks. <laughs> so Mia gets on up to the podium. Lily is like, why don't we dress like her? We look like idiots. Oh, yeah. She's she's with uh, Jeremiah. Yeah, pretty spicy. Mm-hmm. Mia begins her speech, and she talks about how speeches make her nervous Um, She'll either faint or get sick, but she's not afraid anymore because her father helped her. She says, Earlier this evening, I had every intention of giving up my claim to the throne. And my mother helped me by telling me it was okay and by supporting me like she has for my entire life. But then I wondered how I'd feel after abdicating my role as the princess of Genovia. Would I feel relieved or would I feel sad? And then I realized how many stupid times a day I use the word I, and probably all I ever do is thinking about myself. And how lame is that when there's like 7 billion other people on the planet and, sorry, I'm going too fast. But then I thought, if I cared about the other 7 billion out there, instead of just me, that's probably a much better use of my time. See, if I were Princess of Genovia, then my thoughts and the thoughts of people smarter than me would be much better heard. And just maybe those thoughts could be turned into actions. So this morning when I woke up, I was Mia Thermopolis. But now I choose to be forevermore Amelia Mignonette Thermopolis Rinaldi, Princess of Genovia. 
She accepted. Everybody applauds. Clarice then puts her own very first tiara on Mia. And Mia's like, what? You had it all ready for me? And Clarice says she recognized the same spirit in her as herself. Mm. Paolo shows up. He gets Mia, you know, looking presentable. Prime Minister is singing the Genovian National Anthem. Sounds eerily similar to the Canadian National Anthem. (laughs) Genovia. The land I call my home. I probably know it, like, better than the Canadian National Anthem, honestly. (laughs) Genovia. So then... They get to the dance floor. Clarice and Mia enter, holding hands. Clarice begins to dance with the prime minister. Mia's just kind of like standing there while everybody stares at her. She's looking around the crowd to find a dance partner. When Michael shows up in a suit, his hair is like kind of weirdly slicked back. I like it better regular, but that's neither here nor there. They begin to dance together. Joe then cuts in to steal the queen for a dance and michael leads mia outside oh, they go into Lord. the garden how risque and bridgerton you could get into a fucking duel for that yeah they would have to be married tomorrow if they did that buried or married yeah. pick one <laughs> i don't make the rules <laughs> so um they go over to like this fountain and he just asks her why me? And she says, because you saw me when I was invisible. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and I'm screaming. My I'm 13-year-old screaming. self is shaking in her boots. <laughs> so Michael kisses her. Her foot pops. And when it pops, it, like, turns on the lever for, like, the fountains and the twinkly lights. It's, like, gorgeous. Charlotte did do an amazing job with the garden because it's stunning. And yeah, they just have this wonderful kiss. So then back inside, they are all dancing to Miracles Happen, a bop and a half. They're like, everybody's having a great time. Michael and Mia are super happy. Joe and Clarice exit the ballroom together, hand in hand. Saucy. Yes. At the very end of the movie, you see Mia in a plane. She's writing in her diary. There's a little voiceover moment. She's like, Dear Diary, today is my first official day as the Princess of Genovia. She talks about how she's going to land soon, meet Parliament and people before beginning her royal duties. She moved there with her mother and, of course, Fat Louie. Michael and Lily are going to come during the summer, and Grandma's happy to be going home. And Joseph? Well, he's watching nearby as usual. Everybody's got pre-coronation jitters, including me. <laughs> Everyone that is, except for Fat Louie. Um, it's really cute, honestly. Yeah. And um, Joseph tells Mia to look out the window and says, Welcome to Genovia. Aerial shots of a gorgeous, uh, amazing palace. Yeah. I'll spread my wings and I'll learn how to fly. Well, that doesn't play at this point, but it is Do a song for the movie. Till I touch the sky now. Make a wish, take a chance, make a change. There's a lot more singing in this episode than I had expected. There's a lot more um, 
tiger references in the last episode than we anticipated as well. Yeah, this movie was a blast and a half for me. I would watch it again today, and it's 11.43 p.m. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. It's such a feel-good movie. Anne Hathaway is so good as a 15-year-old. She did a great job. Very well acted. I mean, Julie Andrews nails the part. She was made for the role. Absolutely. Whoever plays Lily, a little dramatic, but did it great. Also great casting. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. It's so nice to see like a young girl becoming confident, like coming into herself, conquering her fears, you know, leading a country, (laughs) just girly things. But it is great. It's really one of those stories about just like Lizzie McGuire, you know, finding her confidence, growing as a person, um, standing up to the people who aren't there for you like becoming the person in the letter her father talks about becoming the person that you want to be oh i don't even know what i'm saying actually um like who you could who you yeah i think it's like will you be, think you yeah. are and who you can be mm-hmm. everyone go watch princess diaries today it'll make you feel happy definitely i'm glad that we started the year with this movie it's like put me in a great yeah. mood feeling good about our 2021 i think it'll be even if we continue Mm -hmm. quarantining Mm -hmm. i think it'll be okay yeah we have almost a year of it under our belts why stop so (laughs) yeah oh all right shall we do our first rating of the year yeah i think we shall i really think it's a pretty strong film yeah i'm feeling a 10 out of 10 me too okay good oh my god unanimous then (laughs) yes Definitely. There's not nothing I would change. No, I don't even I don't even know if I said anything should be changed for the Lizzie McGuire movie, but I know nothing should be changed for yeah. Princess Diaries. Also the soundtrack. Great time. Fire. Straight fire. Oh, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Thank you for humoring all of our crazy our tangents. Whimsical, our whimsical thoughts. <laughs> yes. If you're enjoying this content, feel free to leave us a review oh, on please. Apple Podcasts. If you do, we will give you a shout out in the next episode and pick a song to play in the 2000s montage of your life. So you definitely want to hop on that. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. If you um, leave a review for us, we will um, read your needle chart. We will analyze your Ooh. needle chart. <laughs> I mean, if we found out your sign, we might do it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. that's it for our first uh, movie review of 2021. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. And make sure you follow us on Twitter. It's NTRU underscore pod. And, oh, we also have an email. If you want to email any requests in, feel free to. We got our first, like, email request the other day. That was very exciting. But yeah, we will see you next week for another movie. Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mel and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye.